to episode number 32 of the Raising Killen podcast, the podcast to motivate, inspire, and educate parents raising kids with special needs. I am your host, Marsh Schneider, and today I'm joined by Crady Schneider. Crady Schneider is co-owner of Memphis Moms Collective. She has three amazing kids. Cooper, her eldest, has a chromosome abnormality, global delay. He is nonverbal as well as non-ambulatory. She is passionate about advocating for children with special needs. Welcome to the show, Grady. Thank you for having me. Grady, you are a native Memphian. I would like to ask you a quick top three, your favorite barbecue um, I prefer barbecue shop in Midtown on Madison. All right. Best coffee shop? Oh, um, probably Ugly Mug. My kids call it the Blue Starbucks because um, it has a drive through So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about uh, best outdoor experience or like trail or park? Um, we really like the uh, hiking trails that you can access by the BMX bike trail down by Shelby Farms. If you turn in by the BMX trails and turn right and go all the way down to the Shelby Farm or the Walnut Grove Humphreys Bridge, there's trail access in there and it runs along the Wolf River. And it's really, there's a big giant loop you can do and it's gorgeous. And my kids are obsessed with it. It's got a lot of hills. Um, we'll push Cooper in the stroller and he'll go down the hills and laugh. And it's just a really fun trail system. All right, Crady, I know everyone is curious. Obviously, I've got the heads up because I looked at your uh, your guys' website, Memphis Moms Collective. Yes. But just kind of give us a rundown about what you guys actually do. There's um, a team of 30 writers and we publish um, three to five new blog posts per week discussing a whole variety of local issues of just in motherhood in general, funny stories, sad stories, kind of runs the gamut. And then we also put on um, community events. We are obviously not doing as many of those due to COVID. We had to cancel some and move some, but um, normally we do, we're pretty consistent with having events almost on a monthly basis. Um, we, um, we do a charity event. We do a single mom spa and shop event in December for any single mom to come to. We have childcare. They get to shop for their kids for Christmas and then they get a whole spa day. They get coffee and cookies and their nails done and makeup done and all kinds of kind of fun activities for them. Um, that might be my favorite event we do. Plus, we just do kind of like play dates. That is totally amazing, Crady. I um, and I especially now with some of us like homeschooling, uh, it's it's providing a social getaway, so to speak, and and a way to connect with with moms. And um, all right, now you have your plate full with three kids, and I am very curious. Give us some idea of what your typical day is like. Um, well, luckily, uh, two of my kids are currently in school in person. Um, Cooper goes to the Shrine School, which is a Shelby County school. So he is doing virtual school. But the other two do go to school. Uh, my youngest goes three days a week. So um, 
I don't know, we take them to school and come home and then Cooper gets on his device. And then, um, I work with him in the mornings and then try and schedule in my own work at some point during those hours and then pick the kids up. Most of the kids have extracurricular stuff. Um, so Cooper gets to go to a lot of tennis clinics and listen to a lot of piano lessons. (laughs) Um, and at some point I make dinner and put the kids to bed. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just, uh, you do what you got to do to get these kids alive and healthy and happy and fed and cleaned. <laughs> so, um, I feel like I expect a lot of my middle son. He's seven in the second grade. And so he helps do breakfast in the morning and he helps, um, bring me stuff that I need for Cooper. He helps, he can bathe him, he can shower himself, which is a whole milestone that I never even knew I needed. Um, and so he is just kind of, he's, I don't know, I expect a lot more of him, I think, than a lot of parents of, I mean, we've been doing this for years. He's been helping me make breakfast since he was four or five. And he can get out the milk and get out the cereal and get out the bowls and get out the spoons and he'll do that while I'm feeding Cooper and um, you know, he'll feed himself and his sister. And he just, as soon as he could do it, he was just expected that he would help. So, you know, my now four year old is not far behind. She's going to have to start taking on more teamwork. She feeds the dog now. Just See, um, that was something I was very, um, it's just Karen that I'm raising. So I was very curious. Now, how does that work, especially with multiple kids and also right. taking care of a typ- typical children as well as a child that's non-typical? How does that all mesh together? And obviously, as you said, you do what you have to do. And you, I mean, you know, both of my kids have always um, spoken positively of Cooper and they are willing to help and they know that, um, you know, they know what needs to be done to help him. And so they know to like, that they can, will take breaks to feed Cooper. And they, you know, for some, if we're out somewhere, they know that they have to just sit for a few minutes while I feed Cooper or they have to, and they're, you know, they just, they're so used to it and they don't think anything different or weird about it or, you know, they're their own little advocates for Cooper and they don't even know. You know what, Katie, that's actually going to lead right into my next question, which is, what does advocacy mean for you? Um, I think advocacy for me is just, I am not shy about talking about Cooper. And um, it's, it's not like me, my trying to treat Cooper as normally as possible and making you know, doing that in a public setting, um, or on a big platform, you know, Memphis mom collective has 17,000 Facebook followers and they have seen lots of stuff about Cooper. Um, and just making people aware that there are people in the world who are not the same as them and that deserve all the respect and, um, as anyone who looks just like them does. So we feed Cooper, you know, he's G-tube fed and we feed him at the zoo and we feed him at the park and we feed him at class parties and we feed him and we take him to all of these places. Um, and we just, you know, Cooper's part of our family and my kids want to go to playgrounds and parks and you can't just hide in the house 
because we have a child who requires a little bit extra work. Um, so ever since, you know, ever since my middle child could walk, he did walk. Um, cause I had a child who could not walk. So, um, you, you know, and then when I had a, another, you know, a third child, as soon as she could walk, she walked. Um, they've always, you know, I don't take strollers any places except for Cooper. Um, it's like, I, you know, once Catherine Cobb could get up and move herself, she got kicked out of that stroller pretty quickly. Um, so they are just, I don't know, independent little people that, and they're their own advocates for Cooper. Um, my daughter will say all the time that when she was a baby, Cooper helped her grow just by loving her. Um, and he thinks they're really funny and he laughs at them and he laughs when they're bad, which is extra helpful. If they're in another room, he'll, he'll be laughing and I'll go in and they're like jumping off a couch or something. And he thinks it's funny because it's out of the ordinary. But for me, I'm like, no, 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 that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so, you know, I mean, I learned a long time ago that you could express a lot of emotion without speaking. And Cooper lets you know when he's mad and Cooper lets you know when he is happy and Cooper lets you know when he is frustrated all without speaking. And my kids know all of those communication devices that Cooper uses as well. Isn't it amazing, Katie, because we often equate communication with language and that's not the case. No. Communication does not need to be verbal. I also have learned by wearing, you know, a mask everywhere that so much of listening and speaking is reading lips. Um, like I can't understand people on a mask. And I think it's because I stare at their mouths when they speak. And it's, you know, I, I, I get like a glimpse of Cooper's frustration that he can't all the time be understood. Um, so yeah, it's just a whole new world for us. But listen, I am super excited to see that swing behind you. Tell me about that swing. That is uh, Cooper's indoor hammock swing. Um, so I'm in my den. We have, you know, we, we have a fireplace and we put our Christmas tree back here. And when we bring Cooper back here, he loves to sit in that swing and just kind of like he'll like lay back with his hands behind his head and just straight, just relax in it. Um, and my kids know other kids know that they're, it's not for them. They don't ever get in it. So that's just Cooper's. Yeah. It's like a personalized in hammock, basically. Guys, we're going to take a short break right now. Crady has written an awesome blog to go together with this podcast. So check that out at raisingkillen.org. She has also provided links to three of the articles that she's written at Memphis Moms Collective, and I know you'll enjoy reading those as well as looking at pictures of her beautiful family. As always, we covet your review of this podcast on your podcast provider. It means the world to us, and sharing this episode with a friend goes a long way. All right, guys, let's get back to business and hear more about Crady's insight on the Katie Beckett waiver as well as accessibility. Crady, have you heard of the Katie Beckett waiver? Yes. Um, the first six years of Cooper's life, we were, lived in Arkansas and they have TEFRA, which is 
basically the Katie Beckett waiver for Arkansas. So his care was based on his income instead of our income. So we basically had two insurances. So we had private insurance through my husband's work, and then we had Tefra, which you do pay a monthly copay, basically, based on your income, but the most you would ever pay is like $249 a month. And so what they would do, the way it worked, is we would use my husband's you know, work insurance, and then the rest of it would be paid by Arkansas Medicaid. So he had basically free, amazing healthcare for the first six years of his life. He, you know, he was in a developmental preschool. He had, um, had to have several surgeries. He got a wheelchair and a stroller paid, you know, paid for by our insurance in the state. Um, all this kind of stuff. And it was year round school. So even in the summer, he went to school five days a week and got all of his therapies. Um, it was just a really great system. Um, so moving to Tennessee was a bit of a shock for us. Um, yeah. And he had, for a while, when we moved to Tennessee, we rolled over into Tennessee's Medicaid um, just to finish the year. So we had full-time caregiver for a little while. And it was, you know, it's not, it's hurting the children to not have a full-time caregiver, especially in the summer when he can't go to school. Um, he had someone that was there for him all the time that he got, you know, when everyone's out of school in the summer and they, the other two kids are so young and so needy that sometimes Cooper, who is relatively self-sufficient when he can just sit in a wheelchair and be fine. Um, he almost gets, it's not, he gets forgotten. He just is sometimes the last person on the, on the totem pole, every household when you have three kids, someone has got to yes. get for a while. Um, and so it's just hard to, to have, you know, not be able to, I mean, we can't provide that for him. That's, you know, it's like someone making $40,000 a year coming into our home and care for our child. So he still gets, his nurse still comes a couple times a week for a couple of hours. And he, Cooper's nurse does his, um, his stretches, usually gives him a bath, makes a bunch of food for Cooper. And then we see him again on the weekend. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just a whole different ball game. I think that is what the frustration to so many parents are like, like us, that it is extremely difficult trying to provide your child with the best possible care. And um, unfortunately, there are parents that if you don't fill or you don't, are not at a specific income level, if you even a dollar above that level, you get right. knocked off from all help. And in all honesty, medical care is just um, is exorbitant and our kids need help. And the Katie Beckett waiver was signed into law by Governor Burley in August of last year. And I know, like us, you are still waiting to hear back when the actual when waiver happen. is going to happen. I mean, I know intermittently we receive emails from the state saying they're waiting on federal funding. From a parent perspective, you just kind of hold on uh, in the hopes that that financial rescue would, would come as soon as it can. But if I think parents out there, if they can reach out to um, the, the representatives or congressmen or congresswomen, I mean... Yeah, part of the problem is that 
in Tennessee, there's no real framework for what it's actually going to look like because they just sign a bill saying, okay, we'll do this. But then they have no actual plan. Um, so yeah, I th- yeah, I agree. It's, it's just kind of a frustrating waiting period. Um, I mean, Arkansas's plan worked well for us. So, you know, I would, I would love for that to come here. Um, and we even talked about moving back into West Memphis, but then we would lose the school. So, you know, there's like a whole, um, my husband works, you know, downtown most of the time. And so we could live in West Memphis, but, and we could send our, you know, my other two kids go to a private school in Midtown, so we could send them there easily. But then we lose Cooper school and there's no equivalent anywhere near West Memphis or Marion, Arkansas. I mean, so it's just, what do you do? Especially for those of us that are living around Memphis that often come to Memphis um, for the weekends, guys, check out uh, Quady's website. It's memphismomscollective.com because they provide awesome resources and uh, on that, on that website. Um, is there anything that you would like to, to end off with or? Um, um, I just would want to say that when you're moving around the world as a kind of typical person to try and imagine everywhere you go pushing like a normal sized eight year old in a wheelchair and trying to figure out where you would change their diaper and how you would, um, you know, feed them and how you would get them around. And I think that if you spend even a day in your regular life doing this, you would create, you you know, gain a whole new appreciation for special needs parents. I mean, the world was built for walkers. The person was, the world was built for typical people who can walk through the world and interact with the world in a specific way. And there are so many more children and people who are not interacting with the world in that way. And they deserve to live life as easily and conveniently as anyone else. Yeah. My husband and I will, switch off the first time we have to take a kid to a place we try and do it on a day where he's around so that one of us can take the kid and scope it out without before cooper so my daughter does gymnastics on friday mornings and i could get cooper in but where the waiting area is is up a flight of steps that i can't get him up by myself so on now i'm having to figure out on days where my husband is at work on friday mornings i've got to either get her a carpool, which is hard because she's four, um, or sit around in the lobby instead of on like upstairs where there's couches and chairs and it's meant to be sat in. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just things like that where we just have to like, and, and I went the first time without Cooper on purpose so that I could check it out. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work. We have to figure out other ways. But then, you know, my son plays tennis and that tennis center has a wheelchair ramp in, to get inside. It's all on one level. There's a lobby with a bunch of seating that's easy to fit in a you know, wheelchair in. So I'm okay taking him there if I need to. So it's just like, it's just a whole, you know, game that you have to play to figure out everything. For those parents that would like to connect with you or for those parents that would like to know more about the blog, 
um, how can they reach out to you, Crady? Um, my personal Instagram is at Crady one. Um, the, the website is memphis.momcollective.com. You can find me on Facebook because my name is Crady, which is not like the most normal name, probably the only one. Um, so, uh, feel free to message me. I check my other's box. So, yeah. Listen, Crady, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for, um, just talking with us. I, I appreciate and value your, your experience and your time and look forward to seeing you in the future once, yeah. once we get out. And um, <laughs> Yes, it was nice to finally meet you. <laughs> Have a great day, Craig. You too. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to us today. And I would like to remind you to check out Craig's blog, at RaisingKellen.org, as well as check out the Memphis Moms Collective. And as always, a review and share of this episode just takes only a second, but helps us keep this free content coming. As always, guys, remember, get to the top of your mountain. This is Marsh Naidu signing off. Mm-hmm.